Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome everybody once again, and those other listening, wherever you may be, and watching, we hope, Facebook, and the other one, YouTube. We're studying through the book of Hebrews. It's not talking about the guy that makes the coffee. Chapter 9. I'm going to read uh, 13 verses today. Uh, uh, yes, correct. I'm glad somebody was awake and alert for 13 verses. The high priest of a new covenant. The point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by man. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already men who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator, is superior to the old one. And it is founded on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them declares the Lord and this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time declares the Lord I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, 
because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. May God give us understanding of his holy word this morning. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer again. Father, we thank you that we have the new covenant. Uh, we are living testimony that uh, your Holy Spirit is living within us and has changed not only our minds but our hearts. And that's the only way people can change is by a change of heart, not through their own willpower. Give us understanding of your word, this chapter that we've just read this morning, and may we be tuned in, our ears open, and also our hearts, and not to resist what you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. In the previous chapter, we learn that Jesus is the great high priest and he mediates between a holy God and sinful man. He's a mediator. That's what the great high priest does. A mediator is a person who intervenes on behalf of two parties in order to make peace. And it's only through Jesus Christ, can we make peace with a holy God? Because we are sinners, amen? I didn't hear an amen. Maybe we've got no sinners amongst us today. The title and question of today's message is what's new? You ever heard people say that? What's new? I used to visit a lady and um, I used to say to her, what's new? And she used to repeat, same old, same old. Same old. I said, no, what's new? She said, same old, same old. I don't want to care about what's old. I want, to, I want to know what's new. So that's the title of the message, what's new? What is new? What the answer is found in the book of Hebrews. The new covenant. Although it's been around for 2,000 years now. What is the new covenant? Well, hopefully we'll find out. You know, the Bible is divided into two parts. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and the New Testament, the New Covenant. Today we'll learn about the New Covenant is far better than the old one. Even though the old one was good, because it was instituted by God, and everything that God made is good, amen? But it, the old covenant was never to be, meant, never meant to be permanent, only temporary for a few thousand years, if you want to call that temporary. The previous chapter shows that the temples, the Jewish temples, the Jewish rituals, the objects within those temples and the tabernacle in the desert, they were all meant to be symbolic. They all meant something. 
They had a purpose. They, had, they were real. They were valuable. But they were just a foretaste or a shadow of better things to come. Those symbols were always intended by God to point towards a better covenant. A better covenant. Like it says in verse 7, For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. The last chapter teaches the superiority of Jesus Christ and his priesthood over the Old Testament Levitical priest. If you were here last week, we learned about that. Jesus, like I said, he was a great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We learned about who he was. After the order of Melchizedek, rather than the order of Aaron, Melchizedek was a royal priest. He ministered in Salem, which means peace, shalom, Salem, later to become Jerusalem in Judah. And Jesus was born in Judah. He was also from the tribe of Judah, not from the tribe of Levi. That's where the priest came from. But he is the great high priest. He is the new covenant. Jesus has an eternal ministry that is more excellent than the old Levitical priesthood in so many ways. We'll learn more about that today. The last thing that Jesus said having been nailed to a cross, it is finished. Those three words, it is finished. And when he finally entered into heaven, I say finally, that's another sermon, what happened between when he was in the grave and then he went into heaven. When he finally entered into heaven, he sat down at the right hand of God the Father and ever lives to make intercession for us. That's what a mediator does. He makes intercession for us. The Old Testament high priest never sat down because their work was never done. It was never finished. Jesus said it's finished. And then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Old Testament priests work was never done. They never sat down. And when a priest died, someone else had to take his place. But Jesus has an eternal ministry, seated in heaven, eternal, not temporary, permanent. Mentioned about the tabernacle. I alluded to it in the Old Testament. Originally, the Old Testament priest ministered in what's called the tabernacle. After the Hebrews escaped from bondage, from Egypt, God instituted, gave instructions to Moses to make a tabernacle. It was transportable. It was like a huge tent. It had to be transportable because those Hebrews wandered in the desert for 40 years. Why? Because they disobeyed God. Because they were faithless. They didn't trust him. So as a consequence, 
that older generation perished in the desert. But they still worshipped in the tabernacle once it was built and had to be moved from one location to another for 40 years. It was like a large tent, like I said. And it's, it was made with human hands, obviously. But it was only temporary. However, Jesus ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, which is created by God eternally, not temporarily, eternally. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for sins. In the old covenant system, the Levitical priests, and you're familiar with this if you've been here long enough, but some people haven't, and some people are hearing this for the first time. The Old Testament priests had to offer animal blood sacrifices to cover the sins committed over and over again by the people. But those sin offerings, those blood sacrifices of the animals, only covered the sins. It could never take them away. So a new covenant was needed. It was required in order not just to cover sins, but to completely take them away. A better covenant, a better covenant to come that God promised in the Old Testament by his prophets, Ezekiel and uh, Jeremiah, for instance. A better covenant, a new covenant that will come in the form of the blessed Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who only had to offer himself once on the cross when he shed his blood, not the blood of an animal, but his own sinless, precious blood on a cross. He did it once and he did it for all and he said it's finished, job done, mission accomplished. The new covenant is signed in his own blood, which secures our eternal salvation. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Do you know you can have life eternal when you die? Or are you just going to be put in the grave or you're going to be cremated and that's the end of you? No, 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 no. We are eternal beings, and we're either going to go to heaven or going to go to hell, not purgatory. That doesn't exist. That's a, I won't say it. It's lie from the pit of hell. Once you're born again, having received Jesus as your Savior, and that's the only way you can be born again, you come and become a new creation in Christ. And it's eternal because the Holy Spirit, who is God, lives in you and cannot die. A Christian cannot die any more than God can die. Yeah, we'll die physically, but we'll, we'll, we'll live eternally forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. You cannot be unborn again. <laughs> Once you're born again, you cannot be unborn again. That should be a comfort to you people that don't have that assurance of eternal security. 
The word covenant is an agreement signifying cutting a deal. Cutting a deal. Like when God made a covenant, an agreement with Abraham in the Old Testament. He was cutting a deal with Abraham. It was an unconditional covenant. God cannot lie. He cannot break his promises. And uh, to verify the cutting of the deal, he instituted circumcision. Circumcision. You know what that is. So I've, I've explained that before. If you don't know what it is, look it up. In a dictionary, that's one of these things, like a book. Or you could go to Google. Because a lot of people don't read books anymore. Cutting a deal, circumcision. You can't get more of a cut than that. God's covenant with Abraham. I was going to say a joke. I'm not sure it's appropriate. No? My wife says no. Okay. Linda's shaking her head too, so that confirms it. <laughs> if you want to know what it is, see me afterwards, after church fellowship. I think it's funny, but you'll never know, will you? Anyway, you've got to have a sense of humor. When Jesus instituted Holy Communion for his followers, his disciples, at the Last Supper, what did he say, amongst other things? He says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant in my blood. Only the value of his sinless blood can wash away our sins. Has your, has your sins been washed away? Life is a precious thing. We just, all these people, famous people seem to be dying off recently. Have you heard about that? It's Jeff Beck. Some people may have heard of Jeff Beck. I know Paul's probably heard of him. Yeah. One of the greatest guitarists of all time. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley. You haven't heard of her? Her dad was Elvis. Wasn't very old. And now David Crosby. Some of you have heard of David Crosby, 81 years old. And he said that the most precious commodity that we have is not money, because he's a multimillionaire. He said the most precious commodity we have is time. Time. And he knew that. But all the interviews I've ever seen, he never mentioned God once. He had a liver transplant, should have been dead many times over. Addicted to heroin and cocaine. Doesn't give God the credit for pulling him through. And I dread to think where he is now. I hope in heaven. Where are you going to go when you die? Do you know? You can know. And I'll tell you. It's through Christ. The only way. The only way. He's opened the door to paradise. So where we will be praising him in his presence forevermore, never to be cast aside or separated from his love. What a day that will be. A day of rejoicing. 
better promises are fulfilled in the new covenant. The old covenant could never do what was needed to be done on behalf of sinners. And what was that? To save their souls. The old covenant couldn't do that. And that is your greatest need, my friend, is for your soul to be saved. And there's only one way that can happen is by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal savior. That's your greatest need, whether you know it or not. You know, maybe you'll live for 70 years. Bible says 70, maybe 80. You know, in the light of eternity, that's a very short period of time. And not one of us is guaranteed another day. Children die. Babies die. You're not guaranteed 70 years. You're not guaranteed 80 years. So you better get right with God before it's too late. You know, the fault wasn't with the Old Testament covenant. I said it was good. God made it. The fault was in with the people that didn't keep it. But they couldn't keep it. That's why sinners are desperate for something different, something better, something more excellent, a better covenant to get right with God. The old covenant, it was uh, repetitive, it was uh, earthly, it was limited. So God plans something far superior, something personal and eternal by sending Jesus to change the hearts of people. And the writer of Hebrews, he proves this by quoting the prophet Jeremiah, which I mentioned, concerning the new covenant. There has to be a change of heart. A change of heart. God's laws would become an inward reality because of the new promised covenant. In verse 10, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. We can actually know God. Do you know God? You can if you know Jesus, because he is God. He says, I and my Father are one. The law of Moses was written on tablets of stone, yes? Ten of them. But the new covenant, it's not written on stone. It's written in the hearts of believers. And once a person receives him as their personal savior, because it's an individual choice we all have to make, once we do that, we are born again. It's then, at that time, the Christian has the capacity to keep the commandments. Why? Because then you've got the power of God living in you. 
the Holy Spirit. Nobody can keep the Ten Commandments without having the power of God. Written in the heart, not on tablets of stone like the Old Covenant. And because of Jesus, we can have an intimate relationship with God. Under the Old Covenant, <clears throat> only the high priests in the temple could enter into the Holy of Holies, the secret place, into God's presence. That was only once a year. And only one man was allowed to go in there. And that was the high priest. Once a year would enter into the Holy of Holies, into God's presence. But when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain or the veil in the temple, in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem, that separated the holy place from the Holy of Holies, it was torn in two from top to bottom. And apparently it was about at least four inches thick. So no human being could do that. God did it. You can read that in Matthew chapter 27. It happened. Why did it happen? It demonstrated the way into God's presence. It's now open to all, to everybody that received Jesus Christ as their savior. Hallelujah. He's opened the door to paradise. We can all have access to God now. We can all enter into his presence because Jesus is our mediator. We can go directly into the presence of God, not just a high priest, only once a year. By believing faith in Jesus, we can know God in an intimate way. We have assurance that our sins are forgiven as an everlasting reality. Do you know that your sins are forgiven? He says there, for I will forgive their wickedness, I will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. What is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. So let's conclude. How about you? Has your sins been washed away? They can be. If you turn from your sins to the Saviour. It's called repentance. Believing by faith what Jesus did for you on the cross. How hard is that? Is it that difficult to believe it? But he did it. And he did it for you. He shed his sinless blood for your sins so that you wouldn't have to pay the price, the penalty, for the sins that you commit. Well, I'm not a sinner. Oh, really? Have you ever told a lie? Well, yeah. Well, then, there you go. Does... Is God going to allow a liar into a perfect heaven? He will, if you receive Jesus. Why? Why did he die? 
because he loves you. He loved you enough to die for you. And he was buried. But then he came back to life again. He is alive. He's not dead. He's alive. Jesus is the perfect mediator between a holy God and sinful man. He alone can forgive you, to cleanse you, to give you peace, and to save your soul. The question is, has he? Has he? Only you can answer that question, because only God knows the heart. Amen? Let's close. Well, thank you, Father, for your holy word <clears throat> that is inspired by you, each and every word of it. It's not something that man came up with. You use man to write each book of the Bible, but you inspired them to write down your thoughts, not their thoughts. And we can learn and be taught and to grow in our faith in Christ, to be encouraged and to be saved through the word of God, believing what it says, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that he died for you a sinner when he shed his sinless blood he took the punishment you deserve because of the sins that you have committed do commit and will commit and once you receive him you can be born again become a new creation in Christ have a peace that you cannot get anywhere else and contentment in this life that's what people are looking for they're looking for peace they're looking for a purpose they're looking for a reason and why they are here and many majority never know the answer and go to a lost eternity never never receiving you as personal savior so i hope and pray that through this message that people will humble themselves, call on your name to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen? Yes. Amen. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Colerain for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Colerain, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.